When they track you down, you, your entire family, everyone you ever knew, will all get chainsaw enemas. And that's not all. Oh, my God. I've been abducted by Huey and Dewey. Jesus Christ. It smells like a toilet in here. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh my goodness. 2021, huh? <laughs> that was a great start. Yeah, yep. yeah, we sure are. Is our second show of the new year? Yeah, and this just as wild. This like this is this is going up tomorrow, so we're like recording yeah. this hot. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we are coming in hot with this. This is this is pretty much live. But um, well, first, my name is Pete, and I'm Scott, and, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Yay, Pete. Yes, we have. Ben back on the show from TCM. Yay! Ben Cheeves, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. From TCM Programmer and the YouTube show Slumberground, right? Yes. Slumberground? Slumberground. It's our our new... And you guys guys just did When a Stranger Calls. Yeah, we did. We just did it last night. (laughs) That's going to be a fun episode. I love that movie. That's like Scott's favorite movie. It's a Mm -hmm. crazy one, right? Yeah, it's nuts. And you did fit in a viewing of When a Stranger Calls Back. We did. I, because I had not seen <laughs> me, it. It was my first time seeing it, and man, oh, I, wow. I loved it. It was so much fun. <laughs> so, uh, guest of the show and friend of the pod, Ashley Cassidy from Keep It Weird, we fucking love that movie. <laughs> like, I remember calls watching... Calls Back? Calls Back. Oh, my God. I remember when you were asleep one night, and I yeah. got home really late from yeah. work, like around midnight, and I put it on, and I screamed at the ending of that movie <laughs> in our dark apartment all alone like shrieked that brick wall reveal is oh is, is a jumper it's pretty bananas i well i screamed when carol kane showed up because i didn't know yeah and so i i gay gasped oh. and screamed just also carol kane just playing clarice starling she totally silence of the lambs it. she's left her what she left has she's left her husband and kids and she has this beautiful loft and, and yeah, Charles, and she's just living out her Sounds to the Lambs fantasy. And Charles Durning is like, pieces it together, that Ventriloquist connection, mm-hmm. and then oh goes to the topless Ventriloquist bar where he's like reciting nihilistic beat poetry. What? Yeah. This movie has we it should, all. We should just How do it on the show eventually. Well, listeners, we're not doing it today. <laughs> we're doing a different movie. <laughs> we're doing Ruthless People from 1986, directed by Jim Abrams and David and Jerry Zucker. Yes, indeed. I always forget this is a Zucker movie. This yeah. is Zucker, Abraham's Zucker movie. And it's one of the few Zucker movies that they did not write. Right. This script okay. was brought to them by Michael Eisner of Disney, who read the script. What? Uh, and he just had them in mind. Oh, yeah. And Blown they made mind. a rare exception of doing a movie that they didn't write and produce. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's not like the uh, like their other stuff is like Airplane and Top Secret. They had just done Top Secret. Yeah. So it's all those like 10 gags a minute. 
type scripts. Yes. And listeners, if you're not familiar, Zucker, Abraham Zucker, um, the, they're the two Zucker brothers and uh, their uh, directing partner. That they directed these spoof movies, Airplane and Top Secret, which I feel like people are sleeping on. I Top love Secret. Top Secret. I love, <laughs> love Top, Top Secret. Secret. That's my favorite. When he does the Elvis yeah. uh, dance routine in the in the bar oh and like spins God. on the rugs. And the the white tuxedo jacket. <laughs> yes, my uh, you know movies that made us gay. Patron saint. My older sister Amy uh-huh. um, introduced me to this movie, and she just fell in love with Val Kilmer. And how cute oh. he was in Top Secret. When he does, yeah. how, how silly can you get? That song is just oh. so good. <laughs> My God, it's so good. <laughs> is that the one where he, where he hugs her and he's there, he's got the acoustic guitar yeah. and he crushes it? In yeah. And the girls are just like crying, like wetting themselves. Oh my god, yes. Well, we are also not reviewing that movie today, but <laughs> go out and find started. Top Secret. I know, exactly. Top Secret is on and off Amazon Prime, I feel like. You can probably find it, comes it and goes. stream it somewhere. It comes and goes. But this movie is not quite as, as like spoof-tastic as those movies, but there were some moments that we're watching, and I was like... That's a that's oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a Zucker Brothers gag yeah, yeah. yeah it's lots of there were some comedy, visual gags like, yeah right yeah but uh, this movie it's a lot more subtle than those but this movie is still very uh, I don't know it's not over the top but there's a lot going on yeah, in yeah. ruthless people it plays it pretty broad and so yeah so it was written by um, Dale Lawner I guess I'm not sure how you say his name but he did sure. um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels after this, and my cousin mm. Vinny, and so like it's very. I didn't realize it until watching this time, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's kind of the same thing, like horrible, ruthless, rotten, <laughs> horrible people. Yeah, definitely. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels totally fits in with this kind of. Yeah. Um, subject. He also matter. wrote Love Potion Number Nine <laughs> with Sandy <laughs> and Tate Donovan. Tate Donovan. I love Love Potion Number Nine. Yeah, that's one of Scott's all-time faves. I've seen that. Is it as dark? Uh, but no, I no, okay, not at all. No. It's a more kind of straightforward romantic comedy. Sure. Okay, that's what I thought. But with a magical twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no magic in this movie, but there is Bette Midler. But let me say this about Bette Midler in this movie. Not enough. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's, well, so she had just come back from being like pretty much like blacklisted in Hollywood uh-huh. after her, you know, she made like, so she made The Rose, which... right. I'm sad to say I've never seen. I've never um, seen it either. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> I was trying to think like why I hadn't seen it, and I just sort of like I think I hate that era of sure. the seventies. It's very like meatloaf. Like she's like <laughs> it's like what's that Jim Steinman like type of like rock sure. and roll production. I'm like Yeah. As a kid she's I She's playing that. a very like a lady meatloaf in that movie. <laughs> like, <too. laughs> but isn't it sort of like the like the Janie Jumplin? J- Janie Jimplin version like, of uh, like the Janie Jimplin story of Jane Joplin, of Janis Joplin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like it's Jan- that Janis Joplin by way of Lady Meatloaf. Um, that's how <laughs> like that's how it plays in my head. Like yeah, I think you're absolutely right. They couldn't get the rights to Janis Joplin's story, like Jenna Maroney's movie. But hey, it scored her a Best Actress nomination. Yeah. And talk about this blacklist that happened afterwards. Well, so she did after this. She did Jinx. Which I've never seen, and I tried to hunt it down and, like, could not find it. Um, But it was apparently, like, a bomb, and she was, like, a total diva on the set and, like, fought with the producers and was, like, super demanding. And then Mm -hmm. it bombed, and everyone hated her. So she, like, she didn't do anything for years and, like, 
had a nervous breakdown. I went through like a, a YouTube like uh, a black hole and watched all the Bette Midler Entertainment Tonight things that I could find. Um, <laughs> so I watched an old I watched an old Today Show interview where they alluded to that and it got a little awkward. Yeah, in that portion of the interview, I think she just sort of like you know like she ruffled the feathers of like the male producers by being sure. like a woman who wanted to like control her movie and um, yeah. You know, she got struck down for that, and so yeah. she was. She's very grateful to. Um, uh, I can't remember who directed the Down Out Beverly Hills, but that was like her big chance. Like someone gave her another chance to make a movie, and okay. she. Um, so she had a kind of a small part in that too, and then Ruthless People was made like right on the heels of that, like at the same time. And, and she got a picture deal with Disney at yeah. this time. That it was like four movies yeah. with. Touchstone, which was like their adult entertainment. Of, well, we shouldn't say adult entertainment. Right. <laughs> it's like it's their their movies that are kind of the for more adult fare yeah. that are not for kids. Totally. Yeah. I haven't revisited Down and Out in Beverly Hills in a while, but I guess you're right. Her, her role in that is probably. I mean, I guess it's all about Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus and, and Nick Nolte, right? and then she's. Yeah. I mean, like, even as a kid when I saw it, I was like, uh, "Who's Bette Midler?" Like, yeah, we need yeah. more of her. Yeah, I was like, "Who's this wife?" That's like shopping, riding around LA and like getting yeah. like orgasmic massages. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's Paul Mazursky who directed Down okay, yeah, yeah. Hills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I my early I mean because Ruthless People is nineteen eighty six. I have very early memories of this movie because my dad, who was twenty eight, twenty nine years old at the time, mm-hmm. took me and my sister <sighs> To the movies to see this. Just He's because, got the kids on the weekend. Yeah, it was You're his, going to the movies. It was Dad's weekend, and Dad's weekend was, we're going to go to IHOP, we're going to look through the paper and find a movie, and we're going to go to the movies. Oh, and, jealous. you know, so he wanted to see movies, too, so he picked this movie, and me, eight years old, is just, like, so pissed <laughs> that we're watching this movie that I have no idea what it is, and she scared me a little. Sure. Because you know she's a she. She's, that's her. That's her arc. She brings a lot of energy to that. Yeah. Yes, she does. But my memory was, you know, it was very pouty when my dad <laughs> and my sister agreed to this movie because I was just like, you know, it's, it's not like Pee Wee's Big Adventure for the fourth time, right? So you know, <laughs> so so I was upset. And afterwards, my dad was just like, and I think I've told this story on the podcast before. My afterwards, my dad was just like. So what'd you think? Did you hate it as much as you thought you would? And I was just like, my nine-year-old self was like, I got to tell you, I liked it. <laughs> I approved, Dad. <laughs> I approved, I'm Dad. jealous. I, um, I think I had an experience with uh, going to see Legal Eagles. <laughs> Legal Eagles, yes, with Daryl Hannah. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at the, at the top ten at the box office, and Legal Eagles is on it. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, what was... else is on there? What, what was I mad that oh, I didn't this... see? <laughs> this box office is out of control. You probably would have wanted to go see Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Again, yeah, I saw it Again. Like times so Top, Top Gun. Gun was still making money. Yeah. Legal Eagles. When I went to go see Legal Eagles, my dad wanted to go see Top Gun. And I was like, that doesn't look good. And I wanted to see Legal Eagles. And so my dad left me alone yeah. in the theater to watch Legal Eagles while he went and watched... Top Gun. And like Little did you know. <laughs> I know. Little did you know about the beach scene. That was... The gayer well, option at the time. Can I tell you that every one of my 
like boy classmates that year had a Top Gun birthday party, and I was just like snooze. <laughs> I did not like it as a kid. I was like, this no, is- I was not into it. And I, like, I went to all the Top Gun birthday parties that I got invited to, but I was just very much like, there was not a vo- unless you're playing volleyball. What, what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. So number one at the box office this weekend was The Karate Kid Part 2. Oh, there we go. And this movie opened with Labyrinth. <gasps> and Labyrinth, I believe, was kind of a bust when it came out in the theaters, sure. too. Yeah, sure. that makes sense. But yeah, it came out, came out the same day as Labyrinth. My mom took me to see Labyrinth, and it was just me and her. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, he'll like this movie. <laughs> Well, I think I think the first time I saw Ruthless People was like from the video store, like you know, getting yeah. to go like on Friday nights to go pick our movies for the weekend, and so I probably mm-hmm. didn't see it till like a year later because it took forever to come out. Oh, yeah, that so, time, yeah. Um, but yeah, that and like we had Showtime, so whenever mm-hmm. they would come on Showtime, I'd just be like, all right, well, this is what I'm watching for the next three months, four times right. a day. <laughs> uh, do you do you remember just? instantly being like uh like loving it or what were your thoughts on it i think it was like just sort of like a movie that was like on all the time and like i loved it it was funny and like uh i mean i like i love Ben medler at the time you know it's probably just like you know she's she's awesome uh i'm like any character who gets like a makeover midway through i'm gonna Mm -hmm. you know like you've already like you've captured my heart um but i remember like at around this time because this is right before outrageous fortune and then she did big business and like I remember by the time she did Big Business, we had, like, a thing for the first day of school, like, where you write, like, what's your favorite movie, your favorite actress, or whatever. And I picked <laughs> Bette Midler. I was like, and I, like, defended it to everyone. I was like, she's, she can do anything. Like, you know. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> she can, she has the drama. She can do comedy. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever. I was 10 years old and being like. I mean, right, yeah. <laughs> and Scott. So my only relationship with this movie, I first saw this yesterday. Oh, wow. So this has been a movie that I've been meaning to get to for most of my life. Yeah. Because I feel like I would always see the video box at the video store. Oh, yeah. And also my aunt, when I would go over to her house she had and it? look through her tapes, she had it. She had the VHS of the animated, like, like that the cartoon, art, that like pop art cover, the pop yeah. art drawing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very kid, like magnetic to a kid, you know. Uh, but well, for it's got those duck masks, and, yeah. yeah. But for some reason, when I would be a child and look at this movie, I would be like, I don't know, this looks a little subversive. I don't know if this is really <laughs> for kids. So I would just end up watching like the Dark Crystal for like sure. the twentieth time. <laughs> sure. Well, you're not wrong. I mean, it's definitely... I had no business watching this movie as a child. None of us did. Sure, sure. There... Yeah, there are... A lot of... I mean... Yeah, we're going to get there. I have to tell you about my... I remembered my confusion as a kid. Uh Uh-oh. Because I feel like, to me, the humor, the dark humor, all that stuff, I wasn't affected by... I wasn't just, like, gasping my pearls that... You know, Danny DeVito wanted to murder his wife and all of that stuff. I don't feel like affected me. I feel like that all went over my head. The the bare breast assist was like on full display. (laughs) That woman getting railed in that car. I I was so confused by that as a kid. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, is she dying? I didn't understand that kind of sex. And that's the joke. They're playing it for that humor of Bill Pullman thinks that she's being, you know, assaulted. 
and we as kids are like, what is going on? And then also, it's the principal from head of the yes. class. <laughs> so, like, I know this guy right. is like, you know, he's on my TV <laughs> on prime time. So I'm just, yeah, it is. That is the most confusing thing about this. But um, aside from you know, Danny DeVito, Bette Midler. Bill Pullman. Oh, God. I mean, 30-year-old Bill Pullman. Oh, yeah, he can movie. get it. Oh, I'm that. very attracted to trashy Bill Pullman in this movie. <laughs> so, I love that they do that, like, 80s trope of making him, like, mind yes. advice. Yes. Like, you know, they just dress mm-hmm. him in pastels and a, and a sports mm-hmm. jacket. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, what's the, like, the two, the 2020 version of right. a, a himbo? Like, what, what would right. be, like, your go-to? Thing? It would be, like... Someone who does like TikTok videos, or like what would he be doing? Like a social media, yeah, yeah, yeah. Type. Yeah, who is he emulating? Yeah. yeah, he even he this character he even has his his uh, his fish and his fish tank and his trailer are named <laughs> Crockett and Tubbs. I love that. <laughs> Living in this trailer that looks like Brad Pitt lived in it in Once I Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wrote that down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, he's in Brad Pitt's uh, like Cliff's trailer. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I don't think that he was paneling. living next to the drive-in. Right? No. Uh, I think. Well, they showed. Um, is it for the highway? Like, yeah, it cut right off of the ten, yeah. and it was uh, wasn't it like Overland or mm-hmm. or um, Cloverfield or something? It's like out on the west side. I love when they specifically show that. I was like, I can track that. I can name that tune. <laughs> I can drive us there in 35 minutes. Did you Zillow his, uh, his, his trailer? Right, his, his trailer. No, we didn't Zillow the trailer, but guess what? We did Zillow Danny DeVito and Bette Midler's we house. Zillowed the mansion. Scott just sent me that. It is, like, amazing. That, I was curious if they've shot other movies there, and I couldn't find it out. I was going to well, ask. This mansion is like uh, it was brand new when uh, they were filming it. It was built in '86, and like, and so we can now talk about the way that it's decorated, which is like kind of oh my god the the like an unofficial character of the movie. Like it's so I was amazing. just gonna say that I was gonna say it's like the fifth Sex in the City <laughs> character. It's like New York City. It is a character in this movie. They, it's that '80s. So it's like the Memphis Lisa Frank. It's the Memphis, Memphis style. Mm-hmm. I know that you guys like talked about it with the. Um, Peewee's Playhouse, and it's yeah, like, that's an obsession of mine. Like I love it, and it's like so, but it's not actual. It's like a ripoff of that style that had just started. Okay, and so, um, yeah, and it was like Italian designers doing this kind of like over the top, super uncomfortable type of furniture, and it's like it was thinking outside the box, the you know whatever the box of furniture right. of being um, like what what can a bookshelf be like kind of postmodern, <laughs> yeah, um, like you know like, and lamps that look like a person. Um, but this is basically a knockoff of this. Like, I, I always thought it was Memphis Furniture, but it's just a knockoff because they're like, oh, okay. these are the kind of, like, nouveau reach, like, assholes yes. who would own yeah. this type of furniture. And, like, and actually, like, I was reading. But they're getting it, but they're getting it, like, discount, like, sure. wholesale, like, at a swap <laughs> meet or something. Yeah. <laughs> but that shot when, like, Danny DeVito, like, comes home and, like, they just do, like, a tracking shot through the house mm-hmm. and, like... As a kid, I was like, I want that, I want that, I want yes. that. And, like, yeah. Those stairs in that house. <sighs> yeah, and those, like, when Danny DeVito, there's a moment, like, at the end when he sits in that chair. And his legs are so short that he, like, sits up yeah. in the air. Mm-hmm. And, like, his, the, the back pillow makes him just, like, slide down. That it's, little chair was the one thing where I was like, that furniture looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, none of, you right. can't just sit down and relax and just watch a movie. No. Right. Uh. And so, like. 
I was um, I was trying to remember, and I figured out today that that there's another movie, um, also from 1986, uh, Out mm. of Bounds, with like Andrew um, Anthony Michael Hall. That kind of like okay thriller cop movie that he did. Um, but he meets this like punk rock girl in LA, and they go back to her apartment, and she has like this like the entire apartment looks like uh, Memphis architecture. Sure. And uh, it's she's got some like pieces in there, and I'm like she's like this like scummy punk rock kid that would never be able to. F- how is she? <laughs> yeah. yeah, how is she affording any of <laughs> the this? The art designer was just like, I don't care, I'm getting this in here. <laughs> it's just like listeners, if you're not really, if you're still not sure what this what this aesthetic is, it's like every trapper keeper you ever had. Yes, <laughs> the '80s have just come alive. Yeah, it's every like comforter that you had for your twin mm-hmm. uh, daybed. Right, <laughs> it's that. Um, yeah, I, I just remember halogen lamps. Oh yes, that <laughs> one black yeah. one, that, the Art Deco black one, the dimmer. Yeah, do you remember like how much glass. it smelled when a fly <laughs> got caught in one of those in and burned? Halogen, yeah, and, and it just smelled. Screws would like it would come like where it would screw together in the middle. Would eventually the the screw would wear off and like just start just falling over. Fall. Yeah. <laughs> and weren't those weren't those light bulbs like crazy expensive too? Oh, like, weren't yeah, halogen yeah. light bulbs like not cheap? Oh yeah, if you broke it, your mom was really mad. Yeah, I feel like halogen light bulbs are also like terrible for the environment. I'm sure, sure. I'm sure that's I that tracks. Fe- I feel like I read that. It's why like we're they're in the mess real room. bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, halogen light bulbs. <laughs> so we should probably set up the story of this movie because this is kind of a conventional kidnapping movie. Sure. Of right. Danny DeVito just really wants to get rid of his wife. He's going to kill her, and then surprise, surprise, she's kidnapped. Well, I think the idea is, like, the core base idea is really smart. Yes. You know, he's having an affair with this, like, Ann Wedgworth-looking woman. Played by movies that made his gay all-star <laughs> from Smoky Mountain Christmas. Oh, yeah. what? Who is this actress? And Anita yes. Morris. And she, also, I didn't realize this. I don't remember it, but Fox did a um, Down and Out in Beverly Hills TV show. TV show. And she oh. played Bette Midler in the TV show. I have vague memories of the of the TV spinoff. I looked up a, a clip on YouTube, and it is very much a Fox TV show ripping off a movie <laughs> in 1986. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so, yeah. So, Danny DeVito's character is this, like, sleazy, nouveau riche guy. Um, he's having an affair with this woman, and they're talking about how he hates his wife, you know, and he's going to kill her. Right? But then when he goes home, chloroform in hand. Right. <laughs> Driving out of the car. Just, yeah. <laughs> Trying to find her in this gigantic house. <laughs> this mansion, which, yeah. He can't find her. Turns out she's already been kidnapped. Um, and so he's like, perfect. She's been kidnapped. They're, you know, the, you know, they want me to pay this ransom. And if I don't pay the ransom, they'll kill her. Perfect. I won't pay the ransom. They'll just kill her. The kidnappers are played by... The adorable oh. Helen Slater and Judge Randall. Love them, love them. Helen, Helen Slater, second appearance on this podcast. Supergirl. Yes, indeed. We yeah. did Supergirl already. But, I mean, I've never really been like, oh, Judge Reinhold, he can melt my <laughs> butter or whatever. But in this movie, he's really cute. Like, yeah. I feel like he's super cute in this movie. For kind of this uh, awful situation and what were they thinking, you kind of sympathize for him. Yes, yes. And Helen Slater, yeah, I love it. She just has this, like, 
Linda Hamilton in the first Terminator, like, shag, like, oh, haircut, God, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, she's totally you know? sweet and, like, gullible. Um, yes. And she plays it yeah. well. Yeah, she plays it really well. And we, when we find out why they kidnapped her, you're just like, okay, right. I'm on board with these two, you know. They got screwed over for business reasons yeah. over the spandex miniskirt. Yes. Right? Right. Which, do you remember multiples? From like multiples. from the eighties, like multiples and units. It was like that women's oh, yeah. clothing stuff. Like I feel mm-hmm. like it was very much that. Where so was, he's yeah. so he's in like fashion or textiles then. Yeah, right? I feel like he's in like yeah manufacturing, and then like she she brought this idea to the boss, and he was like great, and he took it, ran with it, stole it, and like he made a mint, and they're just stuck in this like they're presenting. This hovel that they live in, this shack, <laughs> right. which any of us in 2021 are just like, I one day. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. these type of these type of modest houses in Los Angeles probably go for a couple million. I think this so, house that they shot at was in Venice. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, you guys got real estate in LA. You're doing okay. Yeah, it's a house. It's like a little cute craftsman. There's like, uh, what do you call it? Like built-ins, yeah, yeah. shelving units, you know, their kitchen's so, cute. I'm just like, okay. When I watched it this time too, I was actually noticing their house that like, I feel like the art direction was, was like really like on point, like made the um, Bette Miller and uh, Danny DeVito's home, like the kind of like nouveau rich throwback to like the 50s furniture and stuff like that the really mm-hmm. tacky expensive stuff and then they have the kind of like more authentic like 50s and 60s stuff like their bathroom looks like yeah. the kind of dated 60s that if you would you know had an older house in the 80s mm-hmm. we would have the leftovers of that and mm-hmm. then the um bill pullman and the redheaded hussy i can't remember her name yes she, like theirs <laughs> is like the middle class version of it it's like right. they've got like vertical blinds and like gold lamps and stuff but like i was like <laughs> i was like that's very clever they they kind of like painted each character with that's the furniture. true yeah yeah you're absolutely right um sorry so <laughs> this so this story also has a setup that is very similar to a short story that i just remembered that i read this in high school today have you guys ever heard of the ransom of red chief by O. Henry. Oh, I read that that was an influence, but I just so that story is that these bandits kidnap this bratty child, and the parents are glad to be rid of them, and they don't want to pay the kidnapper. Sure, and the kidnappers end up giving money to the parents to take <laughs> to take him back the child back. <laughs> so it kind of takes that similar setup, and it sort of right. kind of tapes it a couple steps further. Okay, but I read that he was also. Um, Influenced by just, like, the Patty Hearst. Yes. Story. I so was thinking of Patty yeah, Hearst when yeah. watching it, too. Um, Bette Midler's character's name in this movie, Scott, what do we... Barbara have? Stone. Barbara Stone. Barbara Stone. So, Barbara Stone, when we first meet her, they're, um, the kidnappers are bringing her into the house, <laughs> you know, and she is in, like, this sack, just, like, tied up, and she is giving it her all. She's kicking, she, you know, she is not going quite what a star entrance oh my god Mm -hmm. and um you know they drag her into that okay this again this house i'm telling you this modest house huge backyard yeah full grass backyard they drag her in they finally get her into the house even though she's like kicking and like all that they got a basement don't be fooled Listeners, mm-hmm. I don't. I've lived in LA for forty three years. I've never been to a house with a basement this expansive. 
if anything, you could fit a washer and dryer, and that's it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no workout space. No, no, no. I love that she completely falls down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Rips through the burlap sack. Her just two arms are ripped. She's like, I'll kill you, you motherfucker. <laughs> yes. And and Judge Reinhold's shirt stays tucked into his, yeah. his jeans the entire time. It was an 80s Gotta tuck. Hand it to him. An 80s tuck. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, right off the bat, this is what I w- was mentioning earlier. You know, as a kid, I was kind of like, oh my God, this woman, she's so much. She's so like, she's kind of scary. <laughs> But you know it's 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 Bette Midler, so she's doing what they brought her in to do, yeah. you know. And Barbara Stone, <laughs> when we first see her, this looks a lot. I can't. Uh, I don't even know where to start with the hair. It like, like that. It's like a Mae West put. I have a eighties blender of like. Yeah, a I have a photo of it on my iPad. It's like a Tina Turner wig. <laughs> she's yeah, wearing so- this crazy coat. And this, like, gold muumuu almost. That, and there's also, like, a gold chain that's, yes. like, a belt on she, it, too. That vest that she's wearing is... The vest. Like, hunter green with, like, a tube sleeve. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. A Navajo print on Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a Navajo print yeah, on it. mixed with that. And then, so, it's like a space vest with Navajo... Thing. And then the, underneath the it, tube sleeve give me very like Judy Jetson, yes. like it's very like space age, the tubeness. Yeah. Then she's wearing like a black shirt with silver glitter stripes. Well, that's part of the bodysuit. Okay, yeah, yeah, the body, yes. which we see so, later. Yeah. And then that pink snakeskin dress. <laughs> with a she brooch. later has like a she <laughs> later a has like a head wrap that she oh, yeah. purchases that was probably on the outfit somewhere else that she. Wrapped around her head later when she escapes. Yeah, and she has like that, like that haircut she has is like very late in life lesbian mullet. Yes, it's it's just like coming. It's just yeah, I don't yeah. And you have to hand it to Bet that she's not afraid to look ugly. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, for Bet, kind of with a reputation at this time. I mean, she's kind of going all out for this character. Yeah, like she's not really caring. Yeah how silly she looks because she know that it works for the character well i think that like i feel like she's always been a non-traditional beauty and yes. then, like she's kind of like always treated that way but like she is like a knockout like and like uh down on beverly hills she wears this like pantsuit and she does you know like ben miller always kind of waddles and does that kind of <laughs> like yes again mary like may west and she just like has her hands up and waddles and just like yeah there's, like, one scene where she's wearing a pantsuit and thing. I was like, her figure is amazing. I was like, like yeah. why were people giving her shit? Um, no. Even when she's, uh, when she's uh, Sadie in, or in uh, Big Business. Oh, yeah. The country You know, country when Sadie. she's... Yeah, it's like all, all of the outfits. She has this petite little body. Yeah, Big City, Big City Rose, like, all of it. She's just, like, she's killing it. Love it. Uh, but also part of part of the outfit we didn't even mention. There's like um, there's fur. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry. There's yeah. like foxtails. There's like foxtails like coming off yeah. the sleeve. Uh, this outfit is too I much. Mean, but it just telegraphs that this is the woman that bought all that furniture. Yeah, for sure. Right, yeah. fashion victim and trend victim. Yeah, and like I mean. Right off the bat, you're like, "Whoa, what is this nightmare they've got?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, because she she married Danny DeVito. He got rich by like being this 
shyster charlatan right. guy. And she was the one with the money, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But she's also rich. Oh, okay. Doesn't it turn out that the money's hers? This okay, this plot yeah. is okay, right off the bat. This plot is so it jumps through so many hoops. It is like three's company, right? Like on top of you know misunderstanding on top of misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah I mean at the end of, at the end of the day, it does turn out that all the money is in her name. The house is in her name. Oh, that's cars, right, right. All that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, probably like a tax write off reason, like a very yeah. A Donald. Trump. Oh, that's that's what it's it probably is. Probably some Donald Trump reasons. Like yes, yeah, some nonsense. Yeah, that's what it was. He he put the house in her name because, again, he was being, like, shasty. Right. Um, From the moment that she's introduced, her line, you fucked with the wrong person. My <laughs> husband does business with the mafia. When around, they I track you down, your he whole family, everyone you ever knew will all get chainsaw enemas. <laughs> chainsaw enemas. Oh, uh, my God. She's... <laughs> So good, so good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a high a high point in this movie. But you know, I do remember as we we're rewatching it or rewatching it for me the other night. There was a lot of little jokes, and I remembered a lot of Bill Pullman humor from this movie. Sure, because his character, like we said, he's this himbo. He like he's emulating. Uh, Miami Vice. He's got bleach blonde hair, but it's growing out. With the yeah. roots. It's <laughs> even better. It's even hotter, in my opinion. It's yeah. very sun in. Yes. But his character is also kind of a dummy, you know? Oh. And I remember a lot of the lines, you know, that, that he had. And a lot of the, like, little beats um, just really stuck with me. So, the, so that kind of, like, broad humor. Um, and then there's this weird beat that him and... Um, you know, the mistress have mm-hmm. in that when they are getting intimate, he has a dustbuster. Dust yeah. <laughs> Which I love. I mean, like, what is a trashier 80 thing than to have than a dustbuster? Like, can you even get well, a dustbuster yes. anymore? Now? No. Yeah, you'd have to get it, like, on eBay or something. <laughs> I but mean, we use we use one like that Well, at work. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, at work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We do it for, like, our coffee grounds. But is it that like grinder. taupe, like eighties? <laughs> no, it's not quite like a like a a dirt a devil true, with its yeah. own wall mount recharger. Exactly, yeah. yeah, charger. I mean, I remember that period, and those were like probably pretty the, art, probably pretty expensive. Yeah, they were they were the shit. That was Black and Decker, man. Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, I just, that's just this weird like little mm-hmm. like touch that there's yeah. I'm, that's, that's, even as an adult, I'm like, I don't know what they're possibly doing with what? that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just get, just get. I never had my dust busted. <laughs> I loved when um, Danny DeVito goes to her house, uh-huh. which looks like, like you were talking about the decor, and it kind of feels like condo-ish yeah. to me. Yes, it looks like a condo yeah. in like the West Side. Like, I don't know. What, yeah, this is vertical lines. Somewhere. Yes. <laughs> When he's, like, telling her this whole story. Well, you know, she tells Bill Pullman, trail Danny DeVito, he's going to kill his wife. Right. And we're going to use it as blackmail to take care of us financially for the rest of our lives. Yes. We're going to, yeah. Just sets it up to everyone in the movie as ruthless and not for themselves in a very, like... Everyone's playing their own angle. Yes. Yes. Everybody's playing each other for something else. Yes. So Bill Pullman goes out into the to the Hollywood Hills, 
sets up his camera there waiting for Danny DeVito, but they don't show because what they don't know is the kidnapping has happened. But what he does see is the principal from (laughs) head of the class. Who's the chief of police? Who's the chief of police of the LAPD with a hooker. Right. And Bill Pullman has been told that it's this man and he's going to kill his wife. And also, what are you guys thinking as little boys of when he when he tells the hooker, I want you to scream because my lo- because my wife just lays there and I doesn't just, do anything? I don't know. I I'm was, just thinking, oh, <laughs> sure, all right. Yeah, I was just sort of like, I guess that's going to happen. Like, I, guess yeah. that's gonna, I guess that's what I'm going to start doing when I get older. You know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess my wife's just going to lay there as I, as I am just mad at my mother-in-law for some reason. I was always just trying to figure out, I was like, what is he doing to her? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand. And like, I was like, is it something more than sex or is this just sex or is like, what's going on? Why is everyone's reaction? He, because he is in a business suit the entire time. So what <laughs> yeah. is he doing to this woman? <laughs> <laughs> He's just ravaging her from behind. <laughs> a shot of her like boobs out of the car window. Right. It's just too much. Only in out, the 80s. Hanging out of a car window facing outwards <laughs> like a like a like a mermaid on the front of an old-timey <laughs> ship just like hanging out there. That is a perfect description. And, yeah, and he is just like I'm assuming just railing her from behind in a full business suit, 80s business suit, probably a vest, George Jefferson style. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But poor Bill Pullman is watching this, thinking that he's seeing this woman murder, murder in front of his very eyes, and he's just like he's puking. You know, poor guy. I can't. You know, you sympathize with him because he's kind of a dullard. So he gets the video. You know, um, and now. He goes back to, you know, to, I can't remember her name. Anita. I know. Anita yeah. Bath. The Mountain Witch from Smoky Mountain Christmas. <laughs> the Mountain Christmas. Witch from Smoky Mountain Christmas. <laughs> and Wedgworth type. Carol. Um, Carol. Carol. Anita Morris. Carol. He goes back to Anita Morris's house, to the condo, and he's just like, I got this video. Like, it's so horrifying. Don't even watch it, you know. And it's very clever the way she's like, I have to watch it. And when she. She puts it in and just hears the screaming. It's just like, no, I can't, I can't. And <laughs> knock on the door at the very same moment. So she turns off. So she doesn't see that it's not Danny DeVito. So my favorite part about this whole scene, when he walks in and he's just like, oh, yeah, like, I, like got rid of her, blah, blah, blah. You know, pop misunderstanding. Popping the champagne. Oh, we'll clean it up off the carpet, blah, blah, blah. My favorite part is like, I got to go. I got to go back to the house. Like, the cops are there, blah, blah, blah. And he leaves, and he goes, I'm going to take some bonbons for the road. Yeah. <laughs> and he grabs some chocolate out of this little bowl. That, that, that's a move. That I would Danny do. DeVito. That Danny DeVito delivery. Yeah. He's just like, oh, there's chocolate here? Fuck it. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to grab some chocolate. But the way he calls them bonbons, I'm just like, oh, so 80s. I love it. Yeah, they really do hit, like, all the kind of, like, perfect yuppie, like, yes. tri- like 80s. They're very much, okay, let's make this, like, what are the trashy things right now? <laughs> Bonbons, <laughs> Memphis Furniture, and <laughs> Dustbusters, Miami Vice. Yes. Her, uh, also her, like, that shade of red that her hair yes. is. Very, um, uh, Mona. It's very, like, who's the boss? Yeah, Mona. Mona. Yeah. <laughs> Which I always Catherine think she's very Leslie Ann Warren, too. De- definitely, definitely. When we first see her in the movie, 
she's just in this like lingerie. Yeah. This like super like does Fredericks of Hollywood even sell this anymore? Right. This type of lingerie that is like two pieces, what is it? Under a fur coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I do love because in that scene it's in his office in a high rise in downtown. I love that this movie showcases so much of There's a lot of LA in this movie. LA. Yeah. A lot of kind of big landmarks of LA. So we so, go from yeah. downtown. The Beverly Center. The Beverly Center. Right. Is that Tales of the Pup hot dog stand yeah. real? Yeah. Okay. That was real. That was a real hot dog stand, and it was there for many, many years. It's also in, in that same location. It's an LA story with Steve Martin. Oh, I've seen that, but not since they came yeah. out. That, that movie's kind of kooky. I forced got to watch that, and it is out of control you get some good shots of the bonaventure hotel where they work in the sitcom it's a living it's a living oh. so the bonaventure hotel is famously made of like it's all glass and all windows like top to bottom and i don't know if it's just are just, you talking about the little production design note that in danny devito's office he has a telescope and oh, it's yes. pointed at because the supposedly <laughs> People used to have sex in those elevators. Yeah. Oh, I noticed the telescope, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pointed perv. at the hotel. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Um, um, and also, a uh, shot of the Jesus Safe sign, yeah. which is kind of a oddball LA. landmark of downtown L.A. Yeah, for sure. That's in a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, so Judge Reinhold is, you know, he's the... The kidnapper, so he's calling Danny DeVito from these phone booths, right? So they can't, so like the cops can't trace the call. And he's constantly calling, saying he starts out at, what does he start out at? 500,000? 50,000. He starts out at 500,000, yeah. doesn't pay it, lowers it to 50,000, <laughs> doesn't pay it. But, um, you know, the cops get involved. And the cops, I mean, the LAPD presumably play this role in the movie in that they are constantly this presence at Danny DeVito's house. There's the two detectives that are there that are kind of like working with him. And there's like the one bumbling like police academy kind yeah. of cop. Yeah. It's very- <laughs> I looked him up. I was trying to figure out what I knew him from because I think I just know that character. I know that guy's face. Yeah. I know he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. So our favorite shot of the movie, just in the background, <laughs> there are these two police officers just playing tennis. On the tennis courts. <laughs> Danny, Danny DeVito is underneath this. He's in like a gazebo or something. Right. And he's taking this phone call. But just in the background, in the deep distance, there's two uniformed cops playing tennis. That's very top <laughs> secret in airplane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the whole time, I'm just like, how are these cops not just like, oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. so shady and not even bothering to cover his face. Yeah, it's pretty obvious, but he sneaks in just under the radar with them. Yeah. yeah. Well, he does, a, but he I does guess, a good bits of, like, pretending to cry by putting Vaseline in a lens. And, yeah. And, like, he's able to, like, kind of turn on a dime. Like, the, when he's talking to the to the kidnappers, to Judge Reinhold, like, mm-hmm. he plays it so well, just being, like, a sleazy 80s business guy and being, like, making a deal with him and, like, the art of the deal type stuff. It's, yeah, like, it's so, totally. He plays it so well. And even, like, when he gets that first phone call and realizes that, like, he's like, oh, my God, she's been kidnapped and I don't have to kill her. And he's just, like, his face just goes from, like... <laughs> I can't believe this is fucking happening. Yeah, he's really good. And, I mean, I guess the thing about that character is just with the cops especially, 
he's probably just thinking like, well, I didn't fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. So what are they going to find? Yeah. It's like, like clearly she's not here. Yeah, I don't have anything to hide, so I don't have to, you know, jump through hoops or anything. And it's not like he's in he's in on it with yeah. these kidnappers, so yeah. Yeah, the only thing is he did walk into the house carrying yes. that bottle of chloroform, yeah. which he just kind and of... And then he throws throw, over the hill. Yeah, and he's on the it's on the side of the hills, you know, so he just threw it thinking, right. hey... The chloroform bottle. Yeah. Um, but uh, we also have this poodle. <laughs> this is your second appearance on the podcast with this dog, Ben. But is oh, it actually Algonquin? Yes, that's Isn't right. It? Yeah, is yes. it Algonquin <laughs> from Elvira, Mistress of the Dark? Works. Yes. Just looking mean. Because Cassandra said that that dog was not very nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that dog does look like it will bite your finger if you try to pet it. Yeah. What did she Wolf say? I just, I just hate yappy little dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Danny DeVito hates this fucking dog. Yeah. A- he tries to shoot it. He tries to shoot it. He tries to have a pit bull or a, a Doberman, Doberman, like, eat it. But those two dogs kind of hit it off. <laughs> Yeah. I love that the Doberman and the Poodle just become friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's also such an 80s thing is to have a rich people that have Dobermans. Well, yeah. Dobermans were very – that was like an 80s dog. It was yeah. like right. the yeah. attack dog of the 80s was like bobbed ears, bobbed yes. tail, barely getting scary over a Doberman. Yeah. Like, if you, if you could barely Dobermans, get over a fence by getting chased with a, a Doberman and you could get a lot of work in the 80s. Oh, yes, indeed. Dobermans and German Shepherds, I feel like, were very, like, 80s, like, scary dogs. Yeah, yeah. Like, pit bulls weren't even a thing. They were just, like... You didn't see those until, like, the 90s. They were street dogs. Mm-hmm. Pit bulls are, are very 90s. Yeah, so so the the dog kind of inadvertently leads the cops to the chloroform out on the, on the side of the hill. And this is where they kind of think that Danny DeVito is might be in on it. Yes. Right. He knows a little more... Than what he's telling them. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we have to talk about Bet's exercise journey. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> like going into 2021, like New yeah. Year, New Me. I just listened to trapped in this house. I I just listened to <laughs> Millie and uh, Danielle's. I saw I saw what you did episode on New Year, New Me. So this yeah. is our episode wow. of New I'm Year, New Me. <laughs> it's very fun. So Bet Midler's like exercise journey. Yeah. Actually, like right when. Like, COVID started, and we were, like, you know, like, back in, like, March, I mm-hmm. was, like, Ruthless People is the perfect thing, because everyone was, like, looking for exercise equipment, and you couldn't go to the gym. But I was, like, I'm going to get paint cans and go in the back, go in the yard, and, like... She just, made that work. She was doing those chain. crunches on those stairs. <laughs> I mean, like, ever since I'm 10 years old, I've just been, like, like trying to, like, work out with paint cans. So if she can do like, it. I'm get it together. If she can do it, we all can. Right. That montage of her working out is so empowering. So the Billy Joel song, The Modern Woman. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It's, yeah, I mean, like you, you're from that point on, like you're with her, like you know, like she's oh yes, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like she gets mad at the TV and like kicks it over and like she's doing like reps for the chairs. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> and it's so, so clever of how it's set up because it sets up of her just lying in bed, just watching. Well, she's, she's just bored, just channel surfing because yeah. she's bored, and she ends up on an aerobics class. Yeah, so she tries it. Right, yeah. And then you just see her progressively get better at it. I love that what she talks about that she needs, like, she gets her list of demands. Or she needs, like, all these, like, uh, like pills. And she oh, needs yeah. a, a, 
um, urine injection. Like urine <laughs> injection. She's like, it's for weight loss. Does it work? Yeah, it works. <laughs> I love the idea that Helen Slater and Judge Reinhold are the kind of people that are like, they're so desperate that they're going to kidnap the wife of, you know, her former boss, the CEO of this like huge company to demand money for retribution, you know, but also they're going to clean and disinfect their basements and provide her with cable television yeah. right. while she's down there. <laughs> and be insulted that, like, she doesn't like me. She doesn't like the food. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. like, I just want her to be friendly. It smells. Yeah. That's just the ammonia. We're <laughs> cleaning for days. Yeah. It helps so, when you have two very likable actors playing those roles. Yeah. That it, it never it never gets dark. Yeah. Yeah, so she, so she has, like, the weight loss journey. And, like, for the montage. And then, like, they're... Uh, Helen Slater's like super nice and she's like she's like you must have lost 20 pounds and then she like loses her mind she's like what? <laughs> 20 pounds? <laughs> she's, yeah, she's like can I get a mirror? Can we play dress up? I don't know how to thank you. Thank me? I've been to 10 different fat farms in the last god I don't know how many years and I lost a total a total of 6 pounds I have lost 20 I wasn't sure, but it, it felt thin. You wouldn't have a... Never mind. Oh, a, a what? No, no, no. It's, it's very silly. Oh, you know what? Please tell me. Oh, all my life I wanted to have a slinky little figure, you know, so I could, I could wear some Bill Blass or... Valentino, you know, some exotic full-length evening gown like Christian Dior, Jimmy Galanos. Are, are you kidding me? You're kidding me, I'm aren't sorry. You? I know it's ridiculous to think somebody of your, well, moderate means. I'll be right back. Just, just don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So. I, it's just so like that 80s idea of fitness. Yeah. Yes. Know? Fitness in the 80s. Health clubs, as they called them at the time, you know, right. it wasn't a gym; it was a health club. You know, yeah, it was like the post-fat uh, farm era. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And twenty pounds for like a woman. Yeah. You know, in, especially to a movie, especially someone like, as petite as Bet. Yeah. Twenty pounds should be pretty noticeable. Yes. Well, also, like they, they probably put her in like some padding at the beginning. Yeah. They gave her yeah. this little food. They gave her a little fatty suit. Yeah, they yeah. have a close because I think at the beginning when she's doing some like some kind of bending thing, they like show yes. her Upa and like uh, yes, and that, that <laughs> bodysuit, and then she falls over. Yeah, because yeah, she's wearing that bodysuit the entire time. She just takes sheds the layers and is just wearing the bodysuit. And um, yeah, this montage of just. I'm sorry. The paint can like yeah. aren't that, that is got to be intense. I could do it. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she kind of does go into like a Linda Hamilton thing. She's like, my body's coming machine. I need less yeah. <laughs> less food, to- less calories. Yeah. <laughs> She's not eating as much of what they give to her and all that. Yeah. Um, the clothes that Helen Slater designs yes. that, brings, that she brings down to her. I mean, I can't even, so I can't yeah. even describe. 
I looked up the costume designer to see if she did anything, and like she had a couple mm. of the movies, but like she did the Flintstones from from the nineties, and I was like, oh, okay. that makes sense. Those looks are very Flintstone with like the kind yeah. of <laughs> ripped up stuff, and they yeah ri- yeah ripped up, very like um, Harlequin, the shapes, yeah, yeah very, was very geometric. Was very Betty Rubble. Rosanna oh. Norton, she did Tron and in Inner Space also in uh, Robocop. Wow. Oh, she did Robocop? Robocop 2. Oh. Set in the not too distant future. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the idea of the two of them bonding over like fashion and weight loss is maybe not the most like progressive idea. <laughs> but I but think I, it worked for I was me. Gonna, I was yeah. gonna say what the idea of the scene is. I think that she just sort of listens to her. Yes, yeah. that yeah. she's just sort of a friend to her. Right. That this woman's not quite the bitch that you thought she was. Yeah. She just sort of needs a friend. Yeah, and someone to talk to. Yeah, yeah. And like later, like Helen Slater says, she's like she lost twenty pounds, and then he's like, "What?" And he's just like, "Well, you you just had to be there. It was very special." And I, I was like, <laughs> "I agree." I it was, was like, a moment. You did have to be there because I feel the same way too. Yes. And I think Barbara Stone is the kind of woman and the kind of wife that when she heard Helen Slater say, you know, I actually came up with the spandex miniskirt was just like that son of a bitch. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think she was just like, what? Like that fucker. Like and and believed her. Yeah. You know, Um, and these two just hate each other as a couple, too. Yeah, the whole thing about, like, he worships the ground I walk on, like, that's a front. Like, she knows that he is a son of a bitch. Well, yeah, and so this is when they have, after they're, like, hanging out and, like, trying on clothes and, like, looking in the mirror at each other, um, she has, like, the the clip that was, like, on all the commercials and, like, all the, like, the bet roll of, like, the... Mm -hmm. Do I understand this correctly? I'm being marked down? What is this, the bargain basement? Which I love the like the trope of Kmart and Blue Light Special in all mm-hmm. the eighties movies. Like it's it's in a uh, yeah, True Beverly Hills. <laughs> I mean that's the epitome of like discount shopping, and right. and these eighties mm-hmm. movies are just illustrating wealth and you know all of that ideals of making money and and how that makes you like. A better person or whatever. Right. So yeah, shopping at Kmart is just like, uh. and like yeah. I remember like getting teased in school. Like if you're like to say that you got something oh, at Kmart, yes. you'd be like, no, you have to just no, like, no, like, you couldn't. You'd have to switch schools. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Lucy's leftovers or Poncho's giveaway. Sorry. Who used to do clothes for Kmart? Was it Kathy Ireland? I want to say Kathy Ireland had a sense. Kmart collection. Yes. Yes. Jacqueline Smith was for J.C. Penney. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Did Martha Stewart have a have a Kmart you know, line? I, I, I think, think she did. I think you're right. I think she did. But I think it was like housewares, wasn't it? Like sheets and, yeah, I think and so. like towels and stuff. Sure. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But that was like post like Kmart. That was when like Rosie and yes. Penny Marshall were doing commercials <laughs> for it in the late 90s. By the time it was fine. The 90s happened and everything was fine. It, yeah, exactly. But as a kid, I mean, God forbid you ha- you were the kid that had to wear, you know, non-name brand, you know, pro-spirit Kmart shoes. Yeah, what were those pro? 
was pro wings or something like that. Pro wings, yeah, pro wings. Oh, yeah. Knock on wood. God bless. God bless if you were pro wings. I mean, you're a a strong person today. You're a strong person and you're stronger for it. Yeah. Thank you very much. (laughs) But yeah, so so Barbara becomes, you know, she befriends Helen Slater and Helen Slater lets her go. Yeah. <laughs> and you think she's gone because and you get this moment that oh she went to the cops and she's going to turn them in. Yeah. And then they introduce sort of the out of left field character oh my in God. the script which was is the he's like the night stalker of yeah, LA. Yeah. I feel like this is like when it like when I was watching I, I was thinking I was like is this like was this like a French movie that they like remade for America? Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, by that point, because like all these kind of weird things are coming together and everyone's kind of assholes. And then the killer comes in. I was just sort of, this feels like a French farce that they like yes. remade for the 80s. And- or it almost feels like this uh, Night Stalker character was in an earlier version of the script as a main character and they wrote him out and right. they had to write him back in yeah. to tie up loose ends of the plot. Yeah. He's there throughout mm-hmm. the 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 yeah. drawing, the sketch is there, but then when it comes in, you're just like, "Oh, what? Like, that's <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, all right, they got to get it." But you know, at the end, he kind of comes in clutch. Yeah, and like, yeah, they wrap it all up. I mean, like it's a it's a tight, well, not a tight script, but it's, it's got but all for all intents and purposes, it's it's loosely tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he ends up just trying to. He breaks into their house. I mean, okay, just sort of uh, just a coincidence. So the idea is there's this serial killer, but he is fully insane. He's not just like I enjoy killing people. He is like schizophrenic beyond like anything insane, disassociative. Yes. Yeah, he's like because I don't have a lot of time for motives. I'm just in here. No, not at all. I'm breaking in with a knife, and you're my you're my mother. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. You're my father. I'm gonna kill you. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So so he comes in and attacks uh, Helen Slater and Judge Reinhold, and then... yeah. and this is when uh, Bet comes back. Right. Yeah, because we thought yeah. she was gone because she got set free, but she comes back just like, hey guys, I'm back from mm-hmm. like. The Seven Eleven or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, they're going to open a fashion line together. They're going to start. A oh, I got a six pack. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna plan out our fashion line together. Yeah. Which I kind of love that you just don't really question it of why she crosses okay. over, just because they do just seem like such lovely people. Of <laughs> why wouldn't she? Yeah. And they like, fed her. They like kept her. You know, she's on a twenty pound weight loss high. And you, mm-hmm. she said you want to start a clothing line. She's like, like Let's this do kidnapping it. was fully the best thing that ever happened yes. to her because oh, it yeah. finally gave her the kick in the ass to yeah. go on her fitness journey. And we get this tie-in to when Barbara first got to the house, in that the this like serial killer gets knocked down the basement stairs, but this time he actually does die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yikes! And then we kind of forget about it for a minute. Yeah, until like the <laughs> yeah, last act like, of the well, movie. That worked out. Well, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, because then they just go upstairs and start planning things and yeah. forget about yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Things are moving fast at that point. I feel like Bet's the most fun in this movie, I think, when she's in on it. Yes. And sure. she uh, is calling Danny DeVito. Yeah. She's leading them on that she's still kidnapped. Yeah. She gets the yell at him, and then she says, oh, 
Oh, they made me say that. <laughs> Listen, Sam, we don't have much time. There's a gun pointed at my head, and, and they're making me give the ransom instructions in case the police are listening. They don't want to have any voice prints. You must make sure there are no police. Otherwise, they'll kill me. No, no cops. Now, have you got all the money? $2.2 million in unmarked, non-sequential bills? You miserable, scum-sucking fake! Oh, honey... I'm so sorry. They made me say that. When Helen Slater is like fate, burning her with cigarettes with <laughs> with tofu the burgers. hamburger patty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, get the tofu burgers out of the freezer, and then. Oh, that's like, right. They are tofu burgers. I forgot because <laughs> they're so they're vegans because they're so nice because <laughs> they're good people. <laughs> but I love Bette Midler's face. She gets to do that like. This like super yeah, animated like, face. She's right. like, cut it out with the fucking yeah. burning already. <laughs> yeah, definitely. She yeah, that that face that she gives her when she's like, All right, cut it. Very good. <laughs> and they have but, yeah, they um, all have it planned out in that one shot when they're like they're like on the phone, like all three huddled around the phone together, and then they're like going over his assets and then they like they do like a turnaround and the camera pivots with them, you're just like, Yes, like you're in it with them. This like money drop off situation downtown. <laughs> God. Where is the shot at? Uh, this is that, a big location downtown. That is it art? That red, like iron art piece. I've been there it's, once. It's downtown. I am. Yeah, it's downtown somewhere. Is it by the bank building? It looks uh, like that. Yeah, it looks like a bank structure. Yeah, but it's it's somewhere. We can find it. It's a. Structure. I went there, the one time. I went there. Madonna was shooting a, a video by accident, <gasps> well, and video. I got like had to like reroute my thing because they were shutting it off and I was like what's happening and this was like in the night like early 2000s and so I was oh, like wow. before phones I was just like oh Madonna's like somewhere on the street but then I was just like well we gotta get out of here wow I wonder what video it was I don't know I tried to I meant to think of what that was anyways <laughs> sorry <laughs> no that's okay but yeah they're in downtown LA they're doing this money drop off situation there's like cops everywhere Judge Reinhold is there Bill Pullman somehow gets involved, inserts himself into the situation. So they're trying to go, like, because they realize that that Barbara really has been kidnapped, has not mm-hmm. been killed, that the uh, principal from um, Head of the Class is, Head of the class. is boinking someone <laughs> else. So they're going to be like, okay, we're going to intercept the ransom. Mm-hmm. And so she sends, like, Mona, <laughs> fake Mona, sends <laughs> Bill Pullman to pick up the money. And, uh, yeah, and then, but the LA police are secretly, uh, there to, to uh, protect Sam. David yes. Vita. I love that they have all these undercover police officers everywhere as like, oh, yeah, like the- homeless people, man on the street, and they have these gigantic yeah. <laughs> earpieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, not bad for 1986, but pretty sure. noticeable. But yeah, um, the, um, the, yeah, that scene is great. Like when the when the phone's ringing and like Danny Vita goes to the wrong phone and like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's a ba- it's a bank of phone booths. It's like four or five. Scott was trying to figure out if those phone booths were placed there for the. Movie. I think it, I I think they just added that yeah to, to just square. this plaza, you know, underneath this like it's this. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's this giant like abstract art piece that's made of like. I don't know, wrought iron, some kind of sure. metal. And it's these like soaring arcs, arches and shapes. And it's, it's this like, um, 
Golden Gate Bridge kind of reddish yeah. color. And it's kind of an, I mean, I guess it's an iconic downtown LA art piece. It's been there for as long as I can remember. I feel like it's like part um, of that like 70s thing where Japanese mm-hmm. people bought over the, uh, all the like the, um, the high rises and like major cities. Yeah. And then like they have all this like modern art outside of it. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, I mean, it's still there in downtown LA, but it's just this really weird, like, just thing in the background. And um, it's, a, it's a little plaza in front of it, and there's this, like, short wall with, like, five or six phone booths in a row. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're calling the phone booths, and Danny DeVito's, like, answering the phones, and it's not the right one. He's hanging them up and going to the next one. Um, but Judge Reinhold comes in. Is he wearing the, is it? The same duck He's mask in the scene. Clown Both yeah. clown, yeah. And then, and so like the the whole like gag is that like Dan DeVito's now in trouble for like being suspected to kill, actually kill his wife. So now he has to like work with the kidnappers when he hasn't been wanting to work with them the whole time. And so, yes, but he still has to give over like two million dollars, and he's like not wanting to let it go. He's just like he's like he has proof that he didn't do it. Now they're on their own, and so. Um, so yeah. Judge Reinhold's trying to get the money. The cops tell Danny DeVito he has to give hand over the money, and then because he Wolf- pulls a gun on him, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that like comically large gun. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in Danny DeVito's hand, right? Every gun is comically large. <laughs> and so then Bill Pullman pulls up to like, oh my god, to get the money. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> and like. <laughs> Bill Pullman and Judge Reinhold in this scene are so good. Like, they play each other. Yeah. So, like, he's so annoyed by Bill Pullman, and Bill Pullman plays dumb so well. <laughs> yeah, really good. Bill Pullman got uh, Spaceballs pretty close oh, yeah. after this. I think yeah. Spaceballs was, what, 87? 87. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, had to, he had to cut off all that, all that bleach blonde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who's driving that? Like, one of them's driving a gremlin. Yeah, this is Bill Pullman, and then it's Bill Pullman. <laughs> and so I, can't, I don't know what that other car was because I don't know cars, but like yeah, Judge yeah. Reinhold has a similar yellow, slightly better car than him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, but Judge, but but Bill Pullman's Gremlin is very like oh my god, what is yeah. that like piece of shit. Um, but we also get these like, and again, Scott and I are sticklers for this shit because we're we're in Los Angeles and. When there are these scenes, you know, he's in downtown L.A., he's got the suitcase full of money, and he's like, don't follow me, and he drives away, and they all follow him. And then all of a sudden, we're at the Santa Monica Pier. And suddenly... Yeah. I, okay. One scene later, there isn't, like, a high-speed like a high speed chase like they, on, the, on, like, OJ, the 10 freeway. An OJ situation. They drive down one residential street, and then all of a sudden, we're in Santa Monica. He's fully driving down the pier. Yeah. We also love shots of the Santa Monica Pier before oh. the big remodel. Yeah. There's no rides. There's no rides. There's fully a Ferris wheel on that yeah. pier. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. right now. It's in Iron Man, it's in like all these movies, but like Cuz I that think point, that they did the big uh remodel of the pier probably in 97, 96. Yeah, the late 90s. Okay, that's, yeah, I, I think that's the first time I went there was Cuz it's still it's still like that in The Truth About Cats and Dogs, mm-hmm. which came out in 96. So yeah, it was around then. Yeah. The, you mean the the Ferris wheel is there? No, it's, it's not. not there. So yeah, I think it was like ninety seven. Probably so. ninety seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This whole situation with Judge Reinhold driving off the edge of the pier. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna. 
<laughs> he's just like, he's going to end it all. Fuck it. I'm, and, he, and he fully says, too, and it's like, nobody's in the car with him, but he fully says, like, uh, so he, I'm not going to jail. <laughs> You're not going to take me alive. Only because I was paying more attention this time. It's the cops are listening in on the CB Thing. Oh, so he's that's like right. trying to yeah, tip them off. He's like, they, yeah, I'm you're gonna right. kill myself. You're right. The cops are listening. That's Sorry. what it is. They're Meanwhile, listening. he has like the night stalker, I guess, just like under the seat <laughs> in the same outfit. I don't know. In they, the back seat somewhere with the blanket over him. They I don't know. This out really well. Yeah, it's yeah, it comes together very, um, very, very weird at the end. It's all Barbara. Yeah, she was so like, you know what we're gonna do. You know what we're gonna do. You're gonna go to you're gonna go to the nine nine cent store. Upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> go down the basement, drag that motherfucker, put him in your pinto. <laughs> you're gonna go get two two masks, <laughs> two two bozo masks. I almost kind of want to see like a flashback scene of the planning of, of this. the of oh, the planning God, of yeah. this. Yeah, you're gonna go. You're gonna go get scuba. just narrated by Bette Midler. You're gonna go get scuba certified. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like a uh, like an Ocean Eleven level yeah. detail of their plan. Yeah, you you know how to scuba dive, right? <laughs> oxygen tank, you're good. You're good with an oxygen tank. Yes, and like, yes, okay. I th- I, so I've been to that pier once, and like, uh, or maybe it's not that one. Maybe it's the Venice Pier where everybody goes to surf. That's the Venice one, right? Uh, it's Venice. Santa Monica because okay. there's yeah. not a pier. It's Santa Monica, yeah. yeah. Okay, but they, yeah. Um, yeah, like when he, they drive off of that, which I'm also like. All these people, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, probably if you drove off that pier, probably just like the collision with the water, right, would probably do you in because it's pretty high off. The, <laughs> it's pretty high off the water. Yeah, and but then it's like they. Where does he swim to? Like it's not that far away, and, and like, it's just right off. The it's beach. Just, just, it's right just right beach. off the beach. Yeah. That's just Santa Monica Beach yeah. Yeah, that they all meet like, at. I was like, if he were to swim away, like. You're still in plain sight of everybody, right? Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully the cops have dispersed by the time that Bet meets up with all of them. Yeah, Yeah, because when you see Helen Slater just, like, casually strolling along the beach, what's behind her, yeah, that's PCH right there. That's pretty much walking distance from from the pier. I mean, at least, like, go a mile and a half up at, like, Roy Rogers. But how does he know? He's yeah. in, he's <laughs> drove into the ocean, has to, like, go find the scuba gear in the back seat, like, and have, that's... Have I some mean, money fall out. Yeah, exactly. Some A couple of thousand. <laughs> a couple of thousand, so, like, the people can jump in, cause a big enough distraction. And then, um, yeah, but uh, it's it's great when... Um, Mother, when Barbara shows, comes yeah, in Barbara in the police back, car, showing up, uh, yeah, getting dropped off by the police to like. To she come has that good stuff. moment with Danny DeVito. Also, Beth's only scene with Danny DeVito. Yeah, oh, in yeah. this whole movie. Yeah, all yeah. of their scenes have just been off camera. I love Bette Midler and Danny DeVito as a couple. Yes, right, they yeah. make total <laughs> sense. In my mind, I feel like they did more together. Like just remembering yes. them, mm-hmm. like, and absolutely. Like, oh, like, when I was looking absolutely. up press for this movie, Bet had nothing but great things to say about working with Danny. Oh, too. Good, good. And it I, makes me think that like Bet does have a, a reputation of being difficult, but Bet also knows how to play in an ensemble and ensemble <laughs> movie. Sure. That like she knows how to be a part of a cast. So yeah. this just isn't the Bet Midler show. Like she can share yeah. the screen right. with. Well, and then, like, Everyone. Of, and one of my, like, Barbara Walter Entertainment Tonight, like, deep dives with her, she said that she learned her lesson to, like, she shows up, she does what they want, and she's, like, you know, and she 
she's playing the part. Okay. She's like a team player now. Yeah. After getting blackballed. Sure. But then it's only like a year later when she's sitting uh, across from Oprah Winfrey <laughs> saying, um, no, I would not like to work with Shelley Long uh, on another movie. I love that clip because she ends it because people forget how that clip ends on YouTube. Yes, Listeners, yes. look up. Watch the whole clip. This whole clip of Met- Bette Midler talking about working with Shelley Long on Outrageous Fortune. Uh also listen to our Outrageous Fortune episode, episode before. Yeah. And she ends it with saying, well, there's always you, Oprah. Right. Yeah. So there was a Me movie that they were supposed to do, and neither of them did like the script. Oh, really? I would just... pay real money to, mm-hmm. to just read the script. I want to see, like, a buddy cop movie with Oprah oh and Pat or that, something. I wish that, like, they were going to be in feds. <laughs> like, it was supposed to be with them or something. Oh, <laughs> man. Can you imagine feds with Oprah and... And Bette Midler instead of those two. Right. Who is it? Uh, Rebecca De Mornay and, and Mary Gross. Mary Gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but Mary Gross. I love I Mary know. Gross. This movie was missing Mary Gross. She could have. Mary Gross should have been somewhere in this movie. She could have played a cop. She could have played. She could have played a, co- a bumbling <laughs> cop. She could have been that bumbling yes. cop. It could have been a lady cop. Uh, uh, we're not thinking that way. No. Our beloved Mary Gross on this show. This Robert. movie also has cameos from... Uh, the guy from Dave, Summer School. The guy from Summer School. Dave from Summer yes. School. He yeah. he goes to the... Another the, previous episode. The Sister. crazy Radio Shack. Like, right. uh, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be like Crazy Gideons. So in L.A., we have uh, Crazy Gideons. Um, crazy Gideons is an electronic shop. Uh-huh. And it's local, and it's it's, it's in downtown LA. It's, it's on Traction Avenue. <laughs> uh, and the thing is, there would be local commercials, and Gideon would would do the commercials, and he'd be like, "I'm crazy," and he would like like hit TVs with a sledgehammer, and like <laughs> right. and like throw bowling balls at the TV, and talk about his low low prices. And he was on Traction on Traction Avenue, and Gideon was just like this like Russian like Armenian like guy who just owned this electronic shop called crazy gideons and i think it's just like this archetype for this like crazy whatever kind of thing and in this movie it's like crazy so-and-so god there's a throwback as uh stereo prices in the 80s (laughs) investing in home entertainment centers and just what a rocket it was get out of here with the component stereo you had to buy that brings you back the stacks yeah every little thing was another stack and they were so expensive i'm talking hundreds of like like an ipod or whatever in like the 2000s like 300 bucks for an ipod but you'd have to buy that like four times Mm -hmm. right 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 because yeah. you'd have to buy your would, AM, FM, your CD. It would your take cassette. up your entire your, yeah, your wall in your living room. Yeah, those receivers were so nuts. The, the two, and now it's two it's like. Deck. Meanwhile, now you just get your sound bar two, and you're two. good to go. Yeah. Maybe get, like if you're super fancy, you get like the speakers like on the sides. And I mean, I come from. I mean. I come from East LA. I have cousins who like worked in that industry. Right. Alan Ed's Auto Sound, like we at like backyard weddings. We were very much like goodbye weekend because <laughs> here I yes. come, it's like all does. that shit, and like that home stereo speaker situation. Like well, I, so I deep into it. I read that the uh, <laughs> screenwriter 
like previous job was selling stereo equipment, and I guess that's why he yeah that tracks. Mm. Yeah. yeah, makes sense because because it, it was indeed a racket, and it was yeah. very much like oh you think bigger's better, blah blah blah. <laughs> no, yeah. Meanwhile, like you walk out spending three grand. Girl, I have spent <laughs> real coin on my car stereo yeah. systems. I've had subwoofers heavier than you in my car. <laughs> like, you don't Is even that understand. still something that people oh, yeah. oh, still yes. invest a lot of money oh, in? Yes, I never think about it. You would not oh, understand yes. when these car alarms go off on our sure. street. Why? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. of that bass. Yeah, it's all about that, that super bass. I need to get, <laughs> yeah. I need to get like my Yaris. Like, <laughs> we gotta get some super bass in that Yaris. Some, we gotta get some bass. Well, I'll get you. Get I'll get you truck. a deal on a subwoofer. Be, listen to Carly Rae Jepsen uh, cruising down Whittier Boulevard. A, f- a five, a five disc changer. <laughs> five discs in the trunk. Just put it on random. You're good. <laughs> Do I was thinking the other day of like, what is the CD that I have in my CD player right now in my car? Who knows? That I have not listened to for probably since I bought it. All right. Side note. I bet that I can guess that the CD in the CD player of your car right now is the 90s Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, my God. How did you know that? <laughs> yes. Ben, do you remember this? It was... It was, like a the it was a compilation of 90s artists. Yes, yes, it was yes. Like, and then there and was stuff. bands like the Ramones yeah. that did like Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Collective Soul, Sponge, Who did Juliana Pumps? Hatfield. Yeah. That's in his that is currently in my car right now. I can't believe that you knew that. Yes, that yellow yellow plastic. <laughs> yes it, it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was either that or the I Want to Be a Carpenter. Do you not have that? Oh, that was great. Wasn't that great? I yeah. want to be covered. That was so good. With the Sonic Youth and um, yes, um, I just want to take a moment to talk about Anita Morris. Carol, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful IMDb photo. Her IMDb photo is out of control. Yeah. <laughs> it is this like saloon girl. I don't even know if you'll be able <laughs> oh to God. see it. Who is she? Like, what is, is this Who boy? is she, though? Does she play the in Mariana? Salu- Was she in yes. Bethlehem Horse in Texas? It's like publicists, you need to step your pussy up with <laughs> what uh, photos you put on your main image on IMDb. And again, I'm telling you, this alabaster skin, yeah. this, Beautiful. R- this red... What even color is this red? I mean, there's reasons why in Smoky Mountain Christmas that she's the anti Dolly. She is Jezebel. The that she's Jezebel the Mountain Witch. Yeah. The antagonist to Dolly Parton. Yes. What is yeah. that movie from? Oh, she's like. I, right. Yeah. What is this still image? Where? I mean, shit. This will be. A, oh, it's from Radio Land Murders. Oh yeah, that 40s, like yeah, uh, radio play. She looks Radio like, Land Murders. Mel Smith. She looks like. A burlesque version of Poison Ivy from Batman, or like, yeah, ooh, I like it, but like as a rooster instead of Poison Ivy. (laughs) Yeah, the feathers. She's like a sexy Mrs. Peacock. (laughs) (laughs) A sexy Eileen Brennan. (laughs) If you can get sexier than Eileen Brennan. Oh wait a minute. Okay, so so another uh, trivia from her IMDb. Not only did she appear in the Rolling Stones music video. She was hot in 1984 as the title role, but she co-starred in Ruthless People, and the song is from Mick Jagger. So she yeah. was in a Stones video. 
So yeah, and so right on this time, Bette Miller was doing uh, Beast of Burden in her like one woman show, and uh-huh. she was like hanging out with like Mick Jagger and David Bowie at the time, and like, and oh my god, have you ever seen like you should look up the like performances because like she was on solid gold doing it in like 1983 and she's crawling around and humping the floor like right before madonna like was doing this and i was like i was trying to do like a like a research to figure out who was humping the floor first her or madonna (laughs) and i think they're neck and neck like wow um, it's probably a sore subject with bet if you bring it up i'm sure she is taking credit for that i'm sure She's like, you know, I was humping floors before Madonna came along. On solid gold, no But I less. really, really, really love her version of Beast of Burden. She, like, makes it her own. And, like, when she's, like, when she gets to the part where she's, like, ain't I, ain't I rough enough, ain't I rich enough. And she, like, she, like, makes it her own and, like, is very wounded. Wow. I, yeah. But, yeah, look up her solid gold performance. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to right now. Is, was it Marilyn McCoo hosting at that point? Probably. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And um, I love it. But yeah, she did a video with Mick Jagger um, okay. uh, for Beast of Burden, and it's like um, like one of those like seven minute videos from the early eighties sure. when they're like you know there's like a plot beforehand, a short whatever. film, yeah. yeah. And um, but also for the uh, speaking of the title song, so like the oh my God. and the animated uh, sequence at the beginning was created by the same woman who did Mannequin, who did Love it. Uh, sure, yeah, House, Lover Boy. <laughs> And this, and I think this one, I think those are her four movies. But yeah, she okay. did like, like, powerhouse of all the animated uh, Madhouse like, with John Larroquette and Christielli. Yes, yes, I love Madhouse. I <laughs> love Boy, like with the animated pizza toppings. And, yes, like I wonder if she the, worked on animated feature and she just branched out by herself. So if she was just a, I an looked up. There's um, there's this website called Art of the Title that is all about title credits and stuff, and they okay, do uh, okay. a interview with her. And she did all these, like, short films from, like, the late 60s and did this kind of, like, psychedelic stuff and won, won a bunch of awards. And um, I think that her husband was friends with uh, the Zuckers and then, like, worked mm-hmm. on Airplane. And so she met them through that and then did this for them after. And um, But basically she was... Uh, when she saw the movie, she was like, oh, I should just make the entire animated sequence be about... Like based on the furniture in their house, that kind of yeah. crazy angles mm-hmm. and all that kind of like ugly design stuff, and so she like just went for that and like made the credits like because all the credits are uh, like the furniture or the people like killing the um, the people's names. Sure. So, um, but anyway, she uh, apparently she said she read an interview where uh, Mick Jagger hated the animation for the movie and was just like like they ruined my song and she was like actually I hated that song like you were a horrible song and you ruined my animated sequence that song is so weird I was just thinking the whole time like this can't be Mick like it sounds so much like Mick but it can't be and I know for a fact it's not Rolling Stones I'm like in my heart this is not Rolling Stones if anything it's a Mick solo well I was going to say Mick Jagger is no stranger to writing forgettable songs from yeah, movies like her his his title song from alfie with jude mm. law oh i don't know that one <laughs> uh, i mean i know the old one but but yeah i mean this is also around the time when him and david bowie did that horrible uh dancing in the streets, dancing in the streets. <laughs> and so like which is like the definitive end of the rolling stones for me like i'm oh, with yes. them through their whole aerobics era and like i like <laughs> i love 80s 70s 80s rolling stones but like that that is a hard 
like end of a end of a career for me. There's no going back. Yeah, that that video is so much. <laughs> it's, it's so much. Yeah, it's so just like dad soda shop basement. Like yeah, like that's no, garbage, like, mama. <laughs> like all this is in the eighties. Like all dads had that like soda shop basement with like the yeah. black and white checkered floor and like. Uh. <laughs> Pastels and uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Was this pre Steel Wheels Rolling yes, Stones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Steel Wheelchair like, Tour. Just like I, I don't know what what drugs. It's yeah. just coke nonsense. And, yeah, probably just just coke like, <laughs> nonsense. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the soundtrack's pretty good. Has that that modern woman? The Billy Joel song. I yeah, remember. the Billy Joel song is fun. Yeah. It's definitely fun. Um, but yeah, the 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 credits started playing, and I'm just like, in my like listening to it all, just going ruthless people. Yeah. But just thinking, this this song is awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just hey, it's get pretty up, lazy. Ruthless people. Hey, yeah, yeah. hey, ruthless yeah. people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man, this freaking movie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I feel like okay. I'm kind of mad that it took me this long to finally to get watch to it. it. Yeah. It, yeah. It played well to you, so like not not Definitely, just for our yeah. own childhood nostalgia mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because I feel like that's the thing is I feel like mm-hmm. this is a very specific movie of people with a certain age that were kids in the 80s that yeah. remember yeah. watching it because I don't remember this movie being on cable a lot yeah. or like yeah. on network TV when I was a kid in the 90s like I was watching Outrageous Fortune on Lifetime but they never played Ruthless People though yeah yeah, yeah. But it, and I, I think it, like, it kind of fits in with like Beverly Hills Cop and Jumping Jack Flash and it was kind of like taking in Big comedians from the time, and then like, okay, mm-hmm. what, what, let's get them into a movie, whatever. And so, like, yeah, I mean, like, like I was trying to think, like, who are the other kind of like big female comedians at the time that were making movies? You have like Goldie Hawn, who's doing like Wildcats, and like, yeah, mm-hmm. what else is she doing? Like Protocol, Protocol, and then yeah. You have like Whoopi doing uh, Jumping Jack Flash and Bird which Lord. I could see probably Goldie taking the script, having it to be tailored to her. Too. I could see her sort of could have worked with Goldie. It, 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 like it could have worked. I don't think she yeah, could have been vicious. I don't well, know, she's, but she's pretty mean and overboard. She's pretty mean she's and not, overboard. That's true, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Elk snout. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've got to be mean to refuse that closet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from from mm. sexy Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We uh kind of off topic. We I I watched not was it not burglar? It was uh, fatal. Beauty fatal beauty. With Whoopi. I so Jumping Jack Flash uh, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Love Jumping Jack Flash. Every time I watch it, I'm always like, I should give Burglar or Fatal Beauty yeah, another shot. You need, like, maybe you need to come something. back on for Jumping Jack Flash. No, you're not would, missing anything. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah, that, like, Jumping Jack Flash. Like that character just kind of reminds me of Pete too, <laughs> with like toys on his desk. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And my Reebok high tops. <sighs> um, <And> my, <laughs> Yes, I would love to come back for that. Oh yeah, definitely. We, we're we're gonna do that movie. But yeah, yeah, you're right. This, um, I don't know. This this, I feel like yeah. We we had this idea of as kids and this '80s like vibe of 
of these comics, like coming in to do these movies. But yeah, Scott just watching it and, you know, agree. Like, I had fun. Yeah, you had fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, too, I, I revisiting it with him for his first time, I was just like, it's crazy, but like, I can appreciate the Zucker Abrams Zucker aspect of it. Right. Like, there's like cute Bill Pullman. I can definitely appreciate <laughs> that this is not really the type of movie that's made anymore. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've oh, talked yeah, about yeah. it on the podcast before that mid-range original comedies aren't really made anymore. Yeah. And when they are made, they're usually not successful. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's something like The Spy You Dumped Me, which I loved, but oh, no I one saw. It. Yeah. So, yeah, but they usually don't make any money, and studios don't make them. And also, yeah. there's not really movie stars like Bet. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> anymore yeah. at all, yeah. which is which is disappointing because there's there's people like uh, who's from who's from Girls Trip. Uh, oh, Amy uh, no, uh, no, girl, God, Girls no, Trip. Um, oh, wine country. Fucking goddamn it! We can't think of her name right now. Uh, t- Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, yeah, like there's <laughs> there's actresses like Tiffany Haddish that should have vehicles like this. Yes, but. Yeah. They just really well, aren't given them at all. I always thought that, like, like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, like, they were very much kind of like a Lily Tomlin, oh, yes. Goldie Hawn type of, like, comedians. Yes. And, like, they should have had, like, more scripts together like this. Like, they should have been doing, like, an Outrageous Fortune type script. Like, no, you're absolutely right. And, like, like they weren't doing that in, in the, like, 2000s. Like, yeah. you know, like if, if you're going to do a comedy, it's going to be, like, a low-budget thing. It's going to be more indie, and it'll be way more dark than that. Like, they wouldn't just have, like... Something is lighthearted. I mean, I guess like, we got sisters. Sisters is great. I think yeah, it's yeah. really funny. Yeah. What's her name? That, uh, oh God, I can't think of her name right now. Melissa uh, McCarthy. Like she kind of does that. Um, mm-hmm, but, uh, mm-hmm. I can't even think of the name of the movie. Like Identity Thief. Like those kind of just like. When yeah. I spy. Those, I, yeah. Spy. Yeah. Identity theft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. when I see those, I was like, oh my god! If I was ten and this was on cable, sure, I would, would watch this one thousand times. It would. It exactly. would be totally my jam. Watching that. I'm here. To, I'm here to tell you that I own Ghostbusters with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig, and watch it multiple times. I tried to watch it. It wasn't bad, but I was just sort of like, uh, I think I think it's cute, and I and it's but it harkens back to this idea that you're saying. It was just like these women that, if I was a kid, I would have just been obsessed with this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, well. Do the we'll do the full gauntlet of the Bet Touchstone movies because yeah. we have Down Out in Beverly Hills. Sure, that's pretty and, much all that's left. And of course, we got to get to Beaches. Oh, Beaches! Yeah. So, so after that, so she does Outrageous Fortune, then like yeah. Big Business, and then like I feel like though at that point she's like catapulted into like super yeah starting because yes. she's like with Lily Tomlin, and mm-hmm. then and then actually I I've never seen this but the Oliver and Company she did a voice. She's sure. the she's uh, the it's, she's it's the fine. poodle. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. It's in that awkward time with Disney that they were in their dark 80s period before hey, Little uh, Mermaid. Oliver and Company came out the same year as Little Mermaid. It was, uh, oh. I think so it was the year that? before because Little Mermaid was animated the same time as Rescuers Down Under. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, but also I've, I kind of feel like, like we're saying in Down and Out in Beverly Hills, it's really a Richard Dreyfuss movie. Right. Um, and even to an extent, you could argue that 
uh, Outrageous Fortune is kind of a Shelley Long vehicle. Shelley Long's kind of the protagonist of that movie. Yeah, big doesn't... business. Right. Big business is all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all she is all over. Yeah, she she does even like overshadow Lily Tomlin. Yeah, Lily Tomlin. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then she does like beaches. Yeah. And then it's like, then she's just sort of like takes over the world with that soundtrack and everything, and like introduces the world of Mayim Bialik. Yes. (laughs) As thank as as preteen bet. I was watching like some of her other like trying to watch some of like the Batman or like one woman show stuff because there's this one from the eighties called like Eight or Bust uh, Art or Bust Art or Bust and like she like kind of wind up doing this like Kate Bush visuals it's all this kind of like Mm. performance artist type stuff and okay I was reading that she married a um, this performance artist and then like they did some work together and then um, yeah it's like. Klaus Nomi and like Kate Bush stuff. So she's like trying to get like oh finding her oats. <laughs> and, uh, that is so interesting. But then she did this thing for HBO called like Mondo Biondo. And I think I remember seeing this in the 80s and like it was. That just, sounds super familiar. She, sure. play, she plays this kind of like very Barbara Stone uh, dressed um, <laughs> Italian socialite thing who's like hosting a public access show and she does a really bad like Italian accent the whole time and she's mm. presenting. These, I guess, kind of like up and coming New York, uh, like performance artists. It's painful. Um, <laughs> but she got Let's an hour long special from HBO just to do this in like 1988. And I was like, uh, and I think her husband's in it as one of the performers. But I was just sort of like, I don't know. It's huh. like, it's like she's, she's a weird one. She can't, you can't pin her down. Like she's like kind of doing some, yeah. you know, because going back to like her, like, in the seventies doing the like, uh, bathhouse performances and like Mm -hmm. pretty much being taught by drag Queens. Like she very much has like some, some drag queen humor and her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like like Barbara Stone is a drag queen basically. Oh Um, my God. Yeah. The whole divine Miss M like persona. Yeah. yeah. You know, is so drag. Yeah. 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 I just think that's her, her career is crazy. Yeah, that. <laughs> and now our big thing is that just sort of celebrity Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, I, had, I heard on Race Chaser with Alaskan Willem that uh, Bruce Valanche helps write some of her tweets. Uh, I buy it. I don't know if that's true, but I buy it though. I buy that. Yeah, yeah. She calls her up and yeah, yeah. she needs a, she needs like a stinger for an award show. She calls him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the Beaches soundtrack. <laughs> is interesting because I mean we get obviously wind beneath my wings. Wind be- I mean, get out of here. Oh, we got wind beneath. Oh, industry. But I was gonna say, <laughs> Actually, I will listen. To, I will just sit down and listen to Oh Industry like nobody's like that's a good if, song. If you like Oh Industry, then you should watch her 1983 Art of Okay, show, her, it's very uh, much her her Under the Boardwalk slaps too. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So I also remember, and this is slightly off topic, but it's okay because we're this is a bet, like bet free for all zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, when beneath my wings comes out, beaches huge success. When beneath my wings chart topper. Bette Midler is now again in the late eighties, early nineties, like a, a you know music powerhouse. Yeah, from a distance. Yeah, she became like Mother Earth. Like, yeah, and, and then she was sure. Yeah, 
from a distance involved comes in the Greenpeace. Yes, and it was the whole tie-in to the Greenpeace and all of that. Uh, from a distance, good song. <laughs> but I feel like it was, even at the time, I kind of felt in like in my waters. I kind of felt like, okay, this is a little bit of a wind beneath my wings, kind of a cash grab. Yeah, yeah. It kind of felt a little bit like we're we're capitalizing on our she, like. I feel like she emotions. goes into like Barbara Streisand territory at that point. Yes. She's like very adult, contemporary like pop stuff. Super, and you're just, yeah. Yes, and I was very sort of bad. like, okay, I'm not a 40 year old woman, so yeah. me as a yeah. as a 10 or 13 year old can't yeah. can't keep going on this journey <laughs> with you, back. <laughs> because I had my stepmom's CD of. The Beaches soundtrack uh-huh. and my dad's brand new, again, five disc CD changer, yeah. <laughs> but not for the back of not the trunk of his car in the living room, and just putting it and just being uh-huh. like, this little flat thing has like an hour of music on it. Look at this beautiful jewel case. What the yeah. hell? You can see photos when you like when you take and out you the, open it up, you take and it out and open it and lyrics <laughs> and yeah ah uh, just being obsessed with the beach soundtrack but i mean i mean bet medler god bless her she's a treasure she launched a thousand gay boys yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's great <laughs> she yeah, helped us she reeled us in she helped us like realize our true destiny yeah like but, a- um, 80s bet medler is just like oh my god there's nobody she's like a gift, her a gift yeah. Yeah. And you can't compare her to someone like Cher, which I think is so cool. Like, they're so yeah. different. Their public persona is very different. Yeah. 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 Have you guys seen um, Scenes from a Mall? No. I need to track it down, though. It's it's okay. Like, I, it's... At first, I I remember it. Scenes from a Mall, and, yeah, I just... The whole time I watched it, I'm just like, I want, like, Bette Miller to dump Woody Allen... Leave him yeah. in this mall and just go shopping for herself and like just yeah. watch that movie. So we'll we'll end up doing a full beaches episode too. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. We we have to do a beaches episode. Have you done a tearjerker yet? Are you you to Titanic? So yeah, Titanic was like our biggest tearjerker probably thus far. Yeah, I think so. But. Um, we should probably we should probably wrap up our our sure. ruthless people episode because I mean, sheesh. Well, Bet definitely made us gay in this episode. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. That, the I mean, outfits, that weight loss journey. Yeah, the weight loss journey. The to, Memphis group of uh, the Memphis group mansion. So yes. Pete and I just bought our Powerball tickets, oh, and yes. when we way. win. We will there. be buying this mansion. Do you have Do you have the Powerball or the Mega Millions in Atlanta in Georgia? Uh, yeah, we do have something. I don't know. I don't. It's four hundred and fifty million dollars. Go buy a ticket now. They're going to do it on Saturday. Oh, we'll good. be We'll be building our podcast empire in the Ruthless People <laughs> Mansion. Yes. We'll build a pool house. You can come live with us. I'm, I'm on my way. Come <laughs> be, be damned. Well, you'll be in the pool house. We will be We'll be six feet apart from each other. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I I would fully live in a in a ruthless people, Pee Wee's Playhouse, oh Trapper Keeper, mm-hmm. Memphis Group fantasy. Yeah, we have to nice. recreate the entire house. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get those pink. Well, you, now you can. They have the hue light bulbs, but like every everybody's a house in ruthless people has pink lighting. Like <laughs> yeah, 
A lot of pink lighting. We'll get Bobby Trendy from, from the Anna Nicole show. We're not getting Bobby Trendy. <laughs> <laughs> don't tease him. <laughs> don't tease poor Bobby Trendy. But um, we definitely recommend watching this movie. Like We were talking about other bet movies that are available um, on other platforms. Ruthless people, you're probably going to have to rent it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's not as readily available as I mean, as I went to Video Tech and rented the the Touchtone you should get, three pack. Yeah. You should just make a, a lifetime investment of getting the the, the triple feature of Down just Up, buy Beverly the Hills. triple feature. Outrageous <laughs> Fortune, Down Up in Beverly Hills and Ruthless People. Yeah. yeah. I mean you can get the D V D for probably seven dollars. I yeah. mean Listeners. Criterion, if you're listening, yeah. oh. make the Bet Midler Touchtone collection. Yeah. Yes. But until then, listeners you can probably buy it on Amazon for like eight dollars. Yes, <laughs> or or rent Ruthless People um, on Amazon Prime, on Apple Podcasts, just or um, not Apple Podcasts, Apple Movies for three ninety nine. But I definitely recommend watching this movie because it's, a it's just fun. It's, a per- yeah. it's perfect for quarantine. Yes, it is. A Especially to get you inspired quarantine. to work out more in twenty twenty one. We're gonna drop that COVID nineteen. 20 pounds. Yeah, and especially with the like COVID 20. gyms being closed <laughs> yeah. in California still. I mean, yeah. you don't need a gym. No. You can like you can make your own exercise bike. Do it. You, you can need, do your crunches on your stairs. You need two chairs, a broom, and two paint cans. And two paint cans. And two paint cans, yeah. If Barbara's you're good to go. Do it. You got a, so you got a door, you. you got a gym. Yeah. Yeah. Uh CrossFit be damned. That's my like. That's my mantra. CrossFit. Fuck those guys. Always. <laughs> it's a racket. <laughs> oh man, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So, do you want to talk amazing. a little bit about Slumberground with TCM? Yes, tell us yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, Millie, friend of the pod that has been on lots of times, um, mm-hmm. uh, her and I work together at TCM, and she ha- she programs a um, late night Friday night uh, cult movie. Uh, double feature block uh, called TCM Underground, and so good. I tune in all the time. It's she covers the gamut, and it's all like it, it's not just like uh, like old school midnight movies. Like, it plays a lot of like eighties like lost cable classics and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes all over the place. And the stars aligned a few months ago when she programmed Earth Girls Are Easy oh, yes. the <laughs> day that our episode came yes, out. Yes. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That, um, yeah, that one got a lot of like uh, traction, but yeah. Um, yeah. So then, like once a month, we like pick a movie and with uh, two of our other um, coworkers, Matthew and Toya, and we just talk about a movie for about fifteen or twenty minutes on YouTube. And so, if you search on YouTube for Slumber Ground, um, then you can find it. Awesome, Slumber Ground, you guys go look it up. Yeah. Tons of fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you so much for coming on Thank our show so again. Yeah. This was so much fun. So much fun. Oh, my God. Ruthless people, you guys, we all definitely recommend that you mm-hmm. find this movie. Track it down. But um, until then, I think it might be time to say goodbye. Yes. Thank you so okay. much for coming on our show. See you later, Ben. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye, Ben. Yep. You're right. welcome. See you, see you next time. Bye. Bye. And thank you so much for listening, uh, listeners.
This was a great episode. Yeah, it's I a good start it. to 2021. Yeah. yeah. I've been kind of slacking on programming the schedule. It's okay. But I got my shit together, and we have some fun movies and guests coming up. Yeah, we have a lot of really cool movies coming up uh, for this coming month. Uh, we know this last couple of days have been crazy, but, you know, hopefully take a listen to some of our episodes and maybe you can forget about all the nonsense that's going on. But um, we're still here. We're going to be putting out new episodes every week. And we've got a lot of fun stuff coming for the month of January. We're doing a fun little science fiction. Block. Block. Yeah. Cute. So Cute. stay tuned. I love sci-fi. That's mm-hmm. my that's my that's my wheelhouse. But um in the meantime, we want to say hello to some of our patrons. Join we us on Patreon and yes, get a indeed. little shout out. We love Patreon uh patrons. Uh if you would like to Find us there. We've got some fun additional content. We'll be recording some new additional content very, very soon. But we'd like to say hello to Jimmy Youch, Genevieve Thomas, Don McBride, Josh Clement, M. Lamelli, Aaron Bent, Melinda and Jim Shirley, Jessica Torres, John Miller, Nick Thomas, Christine Asher, Rafina Kabang, and Mitch Ralston. Thank you so much for being patrons, everybody. I just ordered our postcards for patrons, Ooh. too. So if, you'll get a movie postcard yes, when you indeed. sign up with any level. If you're a new I patron. I send them out to the mall. If you're a new patron, not to worry. You'll be getting your postcard handwritten from the two of us very, very shortly. Uh, and in the meantime, we would love it if you would rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. We'd love it if you give us five stars. We would also love it if you would write a good review. I want some. I want some reviews going in the twenty twenty one. If you um, don't like us, uh, get the hell out of here. I don't want to hear it. Stop listening. But if you love us, write a good review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's very easy. It's very free. It's uh, it gives you points to get to the good place when you uh, give us a good review, and uh, we'll read it on the air. Also, uh, you could find us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. And also Twitter at MTMUGpod. Exactly. You can find me, Pete, on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Lasagna. And me, Scott Youngballer, on Instagram and uh, Oscar Scott on Twitter. And also follow me on Letterboxd. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. This has been a great episode. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.